Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. As we wrap up the year after discussing the journey to discovering and embracing your true self, I wanted to bring in a special guest. We're actually just sitting here having our candy canes. It is Faith, my baby girl. She is the one that made me mama. She is gifted with wisdom and grace and recently wrote an essay for school that God kept nudging my heart to use for this episode. You're listening to the Nun Like You podcast, a space dedicated to discovering and appreciating your uniqueness. God intentionally created you and for a reason. Join this community of passionate individuals and start living fully knowing there is none like you because there is none like him. I'm your host, Linda A. Coleman, and welcome to the show. Faith, thank you for being here and for being willing to discuss this essay with us. Can you tell everyone what the essay was about and why you chose to write it? So it was about the freaking country song, Burn the Ships. I had recently been to their concert and that was one of the songs that stuck out to me. I wrote it because I didn't like the school's other options. <laughs> so for school, we, we have to do, um, we, I say we, I'm actually not the one doing it. You don't do any of it. <laughs> but they have to write an insights journal essay. And so they give you a bunch of options. And then I think one of the options you get to decide a recent experience and insights on that. So she was taking um, the recent experience of being at this concert and discussing one of the songs. And it the song is Burn the Ships. So Faith, can you tell us what that story or the story behind that song so i mean there was a bunch of bunch of different stories involved one of them was um courtney's addiction to this medicine she was taking and so part of it was just you have to take that first step and just flush the pills get rid of it um so you can't be tempted to go back the other was um they talked about how there was an explorer who his crew was so scared to leave the ship, even though it was really unhealthy. It was disgusting. And they were just afraid of what was ashore because it hadn't been explored yet. And so he gave the order and they actually burned their ship down so they couldn't go back. So can you explain your in your essay what you wrote about that? Can you just tell everybody um, your insights on that? So part of it is the moving forward and so sometimes we'll stay in really bad like situations places relationships books because I mean there's multiple reasons you could be scared of moving forward or leaving what you know um even if it's really hard uh or just you have this hope it's going to get better even though when everything says it's not going to and you just get hurt every single time and so it's it's about moving forward even when it's really hard and that's what the burning the ship is is you burn it so you can't go back. Yeah. And I think that I feel like we know, we were talking about this earlier, and I think that we know that we need to sometimes, but it's so uncomfortable. And there's this saying about how, you know, what you're, what you want or what's good for you is right outside the comfort zone. And I think we can get stuck in habits and, and anything that's that's negative because it's familiar. And so we know it's 
bad, but it becomes comfortable. Like we talked about in the last episode of, um, the, you know, the tattered and dirty security blanket, you know, we have to let that go. And this is kind of, when I was reading this essay, it was that feeling of, um, you know, you know what to do, but it's, it's really challenging to do it because it's new and we have a hard time with, with moving forward into new things. Well, because God doesn't call us to a place of comfort. Life would be so much easier if he did. Mm -hmm. It would feel better in the moment if we did. We have to get out of the comfort zone to do what he's told us to do. And why do you think that is? Because the Bible said so. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, I I don't know. It just... That's what God said. And... mm -hmm. Anytime I've tried to stay where it's comfortable, it actually hurts more. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I feel like you and I, and I'm sure a lot of you listening, have definitely experienced this um, at least once, if not multiple times, because we're creatures of habit. But I think that we do need these simple things even though they're really challenging. So there's been a lot of times where Faith and I will discuss this and she'll be in a slump and then I try to encourage her out of it, but she has to choose that or vice versa. I'll be in a slump and she'll speak life over me and, and it gets, it kind of just kind of switches, turns that switch on. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's hard even just to do something that's so simple, seemingly simple, but that's where the growth happens. This all sounds easy and it's simple, but it's not. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, to me, that's a fascinating part of it is the simple sounding things are usually the not so simple acting things. Yep. And the complicated things so often are so much more simpler, but they become complicated because of what our mind does to it. Yeah, I know for me, I overanalyze and... (laughs) (laughs) overthink things and and it is just simply you know God is outside of that and he understands it because he created us but I feel like we we need to stretch ourselves and get out of that cage that we put ourselves in so based on our experiences and based on your personal experiences through this faith do you think there is a helpful tool in getting yourself to that point to making the decision to to burn the ship well usually I have to talk it out with someone and then when I'm discussing what I'm doing so I was just reading a book was not good and I had so my problem is is usually I read books of trilogies or series because why would you read one book it's terribly boring and so I was reading this trilogy and the first book was not the best but it was like livable And at the end, it got worse. And I was like, what the heck is this? But I was like, you know what? You know what? It's going to get better. It has to get better because it always has to get better. And so I read the second book and I was halfway through and I was a mess. And I go to dance. I'm telling one of my friends. And she's like, why the heck are you still reading this? And I was like, because I have this hope it's going to get better. And hope is such an important thing. But it can also often be misleading. Mm. You hold on to that and ignore everything else going to lead you to a path of disaster it's not good you don't like to be destroyed and so 
I finally stopped reading the book halfway through. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it in the library bag. Like, I'm actually going to do this. It's the first time I have ever stopped halfway through a book. And it feels wonderful. Because I've done this on multiple series. I think they're all trilogies. There's got to be something wrong with trilogies. <laughs> you read more than three books, you're fine. You read three books, something's wrong. So know. when you give up... Because there's times where we're meant to keep the hope and keep pursuing hope. And then there's times where... It could be a false hope. So, Well, I think with that, you got to look for your red flags. Mm. Because if you ignore the red flags, that's your first problem. That's, that's a red flag of your own. And now <laughs> you're growing red flags, and that's bad. Doesn't sound comfortable. <laughs> no, it really isn't, actually. So hold on to hope, but don't be blinded by it. Mm. Remember to look around your surroundings. Be like, you know what? That was really uncomfortable. No one needed to read that. I don't even know why you would write that. Because we don't need that. Mm. But I think that's the gift of Holy Spirit, too, is the wisdom that he provides. And the, you know, when we plug in and we're constantly in relationship with Holy Spirit, he can let you know, this is the hope we need to go for. Or you're going down the red flag path and this is a false hope. So... You know, we talked about in one of the episodes of happiness and happiness can be a false security where joy is deeply rooted. And so I think that there's always going to be that counterfeit. And this is where it's really helpful to have that relationship um, and to have community where you keep yourselves in check. And some, you know, someone can, Faith often will point out my own red flags, um, which I found really helpful. But ultimately it's it's listening to Holy Spirit and having him direct you in in the hope that is right. Well, I think so often joy is mistaken for happiness. Mm-hmm. Where happiness is based on our circumstances. This candy cane is making me happy. <laughs> it's the reason Same. I'm doing this for the most part. I was offered a candy cane by myself. <laughs> but joy is not based on our circumstances we're called to have joy in trials but do trials make us happy no they really don't they make us upset they're angry or mm-hmm. ag- aggravating annoyance hurt pain that's not happy those are the opposite of happy yeah and so i think remembering that happiness and joy are not the same they feel they can feel the same and they can be the same in certain circumstances, but they themselves are not the same. Yeah, and I think in this situation, when we talk about hope, it's there's a hope for our future that God provides. But then if you're stuck on that ship and you just keep hoping it's going to get better. Like I just watched a movie recently and I was like, well, I hope it's going to get better. It really didn't. But then decided, listen... It's not, and I feel like I'll never get these two hours back, so I need to stop this movie. Because there's the, I don't know what that word would be called, but when you're like, you just want it to, but you kind of know it's not going to. Yeah, well, there's an anticipation of like, yes. and this feel of it has to get better. But what I was finding with reading these books is they didn't. They actually got worse. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, why am I still reading this? I'm not gaining anything from it. It's not... I'm not learning anything. I'm not benefiting from it. And in fact, it's taking from me. At that point, I go and I read something much lighter and better. <laughs> something you already know that's going to be yeah, and I think <laughs> beneficial. And I think that's the thing is 
we just hold on to the fact that, you know, maybe it's going to be better. You can do that in relationships too. Like I mm. know I've been like, oh, it's got to get better. Like there's got to be some sort of turnaround and there isn't. And then you're left stranded and then that's not good either. Yeah. So I think you got to take a step back, look at it and go, if I'm just going to keep getting hurt by this, I need to stop. And that applies to every area of our life. And not just books, not just relationships, but like environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you speak more about environments? Well, <laughs> I mean, there's a school environment. And to me, that was not a good environment. Mm-hmm. I was hurt a lot. I didn't know how to say no and I didn't know how to do boundaries. So I was constantly being hurt by everyone. But, like, versus, like, our church environment, it's very safe, very homey, very family environment. If you don't have that and you're only stuck in the bad situations, and you can't always get out of them mm-hmm. as fast as you could or as soon as you notice, hey, this is a really bad place. Um, I know someone who's been in a bad work situation for a long time and she just hasn't been able to get out of it yet. But she recognizes this is not good I need to get out but I can't quite yet so I think it's understanding what's the good environment what's the not good environment and then how to move forward from there Mm. so you know we talk about the point of burning the ship so that you don't go back to it because it's really important I'm we're tempted to go back when when it gets a little like we'll step out and we'll we'll experience that new whatever new situation we step outside our comfort zone and all of a sudden something will will shake us or test us and we want to run right back to the ship so so obviously burning the ship is so that you don't there's nothing to go back to so you don't do that um do you have any advice that you would give someone who's tempted to look back whether the ship is there or not you're always gonna be tempted to look back in the bible this woman looked back she turned to a pillar of salt that's just not productive for anybody. <laughs> Can't do anything if you're a pillar of salt. No. And so while you might not be a pillar of salt, and I hope you're not a pillar of salt, <laughs> it's going to, every time you look back, you're going to be a step behind. You're mm. going to be stuck there. And so I guess in our current lives, we can think of the pillar, pillar of salt as this moment of pause where we're stuck because we decide to look back. Mm. Every time I've looked back on something, it's pulled me further from where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Okay, if you're biking down a hill. Oh, it's no. a very steep hill. And you, this has happened to me before. And you decide to look back, you're going to crash into the neighbor's mailbox. Oh, no. <laughs> It's true. But, like, that took me off of my path of trying to go down the street. Yeah. I didn't have brakes either, which is also a problem. So, you need to get your brakes. Yeah, make sure your brakes work. And I think that's... that's. But just remembering, like, hey, something's coming. Like, if mm. you look back, okay, now you got to use your brakes and try to save yourself. Or you miss what is ahead. Yeah. And, and you may not get to it the way you're intended to get to it. I, I saw this one thing, and it was... Um, I had it a second ago. Well, I don't remember now. Maybe it'll come back. 
So can you talk about cutting ties? And that could be with people or places. And we kind of touched on it a minute ago, but, but the, well, the importance of cutting those ties, but what? Oh, I remember it now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, no, it was just that whenever the enemy tries to get you to look at your past, it's because God has something in your future that he doesn't want you to see. Yeah, the quote is by unknown. It's not me. Unknown does a lot of quotes. It does. <laughs> My goodness, they really do. No, but that's that's so true. And I think that's what, like what I was just saying about how, you know, we can take those steps and then all of a sudden we get jolted and then we want to run back because the enemy is like, did he really say do this you know we can second guess those steps that we took and then or remember when and then you look back and it's it's just really important to always keep our eyes ahead and on God and what he's doing because he's constantly wanting new things for you and wanting you to grow in who you are I think part of part of it is you have to learn to forgive yourself Mm -hmm. and to forgive everything you've done Every silly and stupid mistake you might have ever made. Anytime you have to like make, I guess, make your peace with everything. Yeah. Is a way of putting it because, I mean, I still remember this time in preschool. This girl made fun of me for saying please twice when I was trying to get some goldfish. But like. (laughs) Really wanted the goldfish I did. (laughs) And I could not understand why saying, may I please have some goldfish please, was such a big deal. Mm. I was being polite which I was told to do. So I really didn't get it. But I think you have to, and I'm not good at this. Forgiving yourself? Yeah. yeah, It's hard. And like holding on to everything someone said to you or like every mistake you've made in the past that's really affected you, whether you thought so or not, the time. So I think that's part of it and I'm working on it. It's a very slow process for me. But I was not initially gifted with patience so it's something i have to grow and work on well slow and steady wins the race eh? so they say (laughs) but i think that's all part of what we talk about shedding the things that that made us who we are because there's i know there's a lot of people that are like i don't regret anything in life because it's how i become who i am but there's things that were never meant to shape us and i think that's that's one thing like the goldfish story it didn't need to shape you the way it did and it hinders you from taking steps you need to take to be your authentic true self because that was never meant to distract I mean it was to distract you but you don't need that and it's not part of who you really are and I think all it did was made me way more self-conscious of how I talk mm-hmm. and what I say because for all I know someone could pick up on something so small as I said a word twice and make it a huge deal. When that's natural, people do that all the time. I say please twice because I can't remember if I said it, so I say it again anyway. Well, and we, it's just a natural thing, so... We went out to dinner, and I... server couldn't have even been, like, bringing me food, but anytime time I did anything at our table, I said thank you. And I was like, well, you're saying thank you a lot. And I'm like, well, yeah. Because yeah. you just you should always thank someone mm-hmm. whenever they do anything for you. My goodness, it was loud in there. So, 
But I think that's part of the distraction tactic that the enemy uses is to remind you of those times when God is like, sweetheart, don't look at that. That's not important to the story. Um, it's like those, those, when you read a book, and it's like those details that you're like, I, I don't really know why I'm reading this right now. Like, it doesn't make sense. And then later on in the book, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I get that. I see how it made the character who they were. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Yeah. So going back to <laughs> before you had your second revelation, um, can you talk Which about that? No, just that you've remembered what you were going to say. Oh, yeah. Um, so can you talk about cutting ties with people and places? I remember I had left public school and I wasn't always treated the best by my friends. I was just innocent little Christian girl. And so I'm just going to say because I'm homeschooled and because I'm Christian does not mean I have not been in the world before. But they treated me like I knew nothing Mm. because of that. And so I remember I was the only, I was the one who always kept their relationships going. I would always be the first to text. And And that's something that, gets me now is I'm always the one having to keep it going um and I remember I didn't text someone for two months because I was like you know what Mm. like you're not going to text me first and you're only responding to what I say this isn't like a relationship anymore yeah and so I texted and their first thing was oh my gosh where have you been I was wondering how were you and like where have you been this whole time and I was like, I have been sitting on my bed reading for the past two months. Mm. Like, I have not been anywhere. You could have texted me. It's yeah. And yeah, I've right now I have a hard time of remembering to text everyone because it's a lot. It's a lot to try to remember to text everybody all the time. But then again, that falls on me to keep it going. So I think it's just yeah. you have to you have to learn when enough's enough it isn't a two-way a relationship is two ways so if the relationship becomes one way it's no longer a relationship it's you pursuing after something that does not exist yeah and we we outgrow seasons of friendships and places and that's all part of the journey um but I think like we said before knowing when to hold on and when to walk away from that is important. But like you said in your, your essay, um, you know, cutting ties between people or places can be painful. It's going to hurt and sting. When you clean out a cut, it stings too. It's part of the healing. And then you talk about relationships are seasonal. Um, everything has a season Mm -hmm. and not a literal season. (laughs) Uh huh. People who would come in the spring and last through the summer would be my favorite. <laughs> Those are good times. Oh well, yeah, because it's warm. You're mm-hmm. not cold, and it's pretty out. Yeah. And some some seasons are forever, and some like winter feels. Mm-hmm. Um. And some of them are only for a little bit. I don't have any friends who I've been friends with for over five years. So when everyone talks about like, oh, we've been friends like for seven years, I'm like, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. That just I don't get that. You're just, you know, blessing and curse. I'm mm-hmm. not stuck with them for seven years. 
Jeez. <laughs> but at the same time, you're not stuck with them for seven years. Like, yeah. Well, and if they were really just meant for that time of your life, and I've had plenty of friends and jobs and, you know, even places we've lived, they were for very specific seasons of our lives and God has perfect timing with that. But it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean... Oh, absolutely. It doesn't shake you and... Our third house, probably the worst few years of my life. Mm -hmm. But they were at that specific house and things didn't get that much easier in the next house, Mm -hmm. but they weren't nearly as bad. Yeah. And so God kept the worst times for that house. So you can almost lock up that season which I think we do. I think yeah, and not attach it. Anytime we have to refer to it, we refer to the street. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't even refer to the house anymore. It's just the street. Yeah, and I think, you know, God is so good about knowing what we need in those seasons. Um, and, you know, when you mentioned in the essay about the pain and the stinging, it reminded me of the voyage of the Don Treader, um, where Eustace is now, spoiler alert, he's now a dragon right mm-hmm. and um and he wants to be a boy again and so this excerpt is from the book and it says then the lion said but i don't know if it spoke you'll have to let me undress you i was afraid of his claws i can tell you but i was pretty nearly desperate now so i just lay flat on my back and let him do it The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. The only thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. You know, if it's, if you've ever picked a scab of a sore place, it hurts like Billy O, but it is such fun to see it coming away. And it, it's not fun, guys. No, <laughs> it's really not. That's why I laughed. Um, no, but there's the, you know, basically what he's saying is like, just because it's meant to happen doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. And I, I think the it would be even weirder if it didn't hurt. Yeah. Well, like, wouldn't we all be confused if, like, back to that bike, like, mm-hmm. we went down this huge hill and fell off. Like... Wouldn't we all be surprised mm-hmm. if I came back and I was perfectly fine? Like, I flipped over my bike trying to see if Caterpillar once. Like, I did something to my wrist, I think. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, if you flip over your bike, you should expect it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And it would be weirder if it didn't. So, aside from your bike experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> how have you endured pain for the sake of healing and growth like Eustace? Well, I think what I have to keep reminding myself is God has promised me something. And he's promised me a few things, actually. But <laughs> I just have to keep reminding myself, like, okay, he said that. It's going to happen. That's that. Like, mm-hmm. he told me I was going to get somewhere someday. Well, okay, well, that means I'm going to make it. Right. I have to, because he doesn't lie. Right. And I think the important thing... From what I've learned is to never go through it alone. Yeah. I mean, when you're alone, you're isolated. When you're isolated, that's when the enemy gets you worse. Totally. So, 
I think what I've, I've, right now I have a few really, really good close friends and they just keep reminding me, like, to keep going. Because if you don't have someone reminding you to keep going, it's easy to, like, get lost in it. But what about the time, so when I, and you can attest to this, when I had the concussion and I basically locked myself up for months because it was too hard to, you know, people would reach out and I was just like, no, I don't need help. No, I don't need help. I let only a very few people in, um, but then didn't realize how dangerous that had been until it was almost too late, you know? So what we do need people, but there are times where it's so hard for us to reach out in these situations. So, you know, what do you do when you want to shut yourself in because it's either, you know, you don't want to admit that you're going through this hard time or you don't know how to include someone. What has worked for you in that? Well, I have really great friends. Mm. So <laughs> there's a few of them and they they know how to read me pr- pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't, I've had to learn I have to be honest with them. It stinks. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, honesty is great, and I hate lying. It sounds, like, so hypocritical, but I don't mind lying when it comes to, like, how I'm feeling. Mm. Like, I will straight up lie to your face and tell you I'm fine. Fake it. Everything. I, I've i pulled it off a good many times. Yeah. For some reason, that doesn't bother me. But... Interesting. <laughs> well, I think it's... I, I don't want to burden people. I don't want to yeah. let people in. I don't want to, like, make it sound... Because I'm... This past year has been a struggle... I've gone through physical things, I've gone through mental things, emotional things. I've gone through mm-hmm. every category of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's gotten to a point where I've like people ask how am I? I don't want to be like, I'm not good again. Yeah. Yes, I know it's been eleven months of me saying this. You don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Which I feel like I often am. Mm. But I have to look back and be like I'm mental wreck. I'm crying myself to sleep. Like, this is not... I'm not okay. Yeah. So I can't just say I'm okay. And I've I've had really great friends here. Like, I know it. I had one, and oh my goodness, love her. She was like, I don't care what the teachers say to me. I will go to the bathroom and call you <laughs> if I have to. If they have a problem with that, mm. then they have a problem with me. And I will tell them. Yeah. And she got all defensive, and it was it was very sweet of her. But it was just like... You need people to keep you going. Because if you get stuck in yourself, it's not good. Yeah. It leads to a place of disaster. And I think people really do desire that honesty and that depth. They just don't know how to express that. Because I think we're naturally wired to want that connection. But I think our society tends to kind of put a a shade over that um, to where... You know, it's robotic and that's why, you know, the businesses that we started, we wanted it to be, you know, they're typically robotic services. So, you know, counter service, that's typically, hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? You know, it's, and you don't even know what you're saying. I hate when people come in and they're like, hey, how are you? I would like a this and this and this. And I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. First of all, (laughs) you asked me a question. You asked me a question, which means you have to sit through my answer. (laughs) And then out of politeness, you have to sit through my question and your answer. Otherwise, don't ask me a question. Yeah, and I think there's the, it's like a nicety, and it's just what we, it's a greeting. But I think it got it no kind of out of hand. It's nice if you right. don't actually care. Or it kind of turns us into, we don't know how to properly communicate with each other because 
well, they don't really care, you know? And then it's kind of hard to tell who actually cares and who doesn't. Yeah, and I think... I think so much society is like, oh, just mask it up with something. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, you're not feeling good. Go do your nails. Go get your hair. <laughs> Which is yeah. great, and I fully support it to a point. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not feeling good, okay, spend time on you. Sometimes you need a bubble bath. It's true. Not you. you I don't personally take them. <laughs> hate baths. I find them really boring. Um, but you could put some music on or read a book to chill you out. Yeah. Yeah, because you... I mean, I remember hearing, if you can't take care of you, yeah. you can't take care of others. I have no idea how I've survived the past 17 years because I only, for the longest time, I had only cared about others and not myself. And it really showed. But you can't fully love, I mean, you can love others without loving yourself, but you can't full, fully to the depth that you should because, because you're neglecting yourself. And mm-hmm. therefore, you don't know your true self in order to love them the way that you could. You're, poten- you're not meeting your potential in that. And I think with that, anytime you're really great to someone, when you... And someone's used to happen to me all the time. You'd be really great and uplifting and really, just really strong for the other person. And when you have no one strong for you, it's when you crumble. Mm. I remember I heard once that it was like, the people who are the, seem the happiest and are always smiling are, and like, are the strongest for you... you. Typically, the people who are the most broken inside, mm. but they don't show it because they don't want you to know or because they don't want anyone else to have to experience it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I think you touched on it earlier. You don't want to be a burden. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between someone with, and I it talks about it in the Bible because there's two versions of it, but it's, there's a difference between dumping your load on someone versus them carrying it with you. And I think that's kind of where that line and that boundary needs to be. You don't want to constantly be dumping your problems on a friend, but there's the the reaching out and saying, I'm really struggling right now, and I'm going to be honest that, you know, I feel really stuck in my past, or I feel really stuck in in something that I know I need to get out of. Can you just be there for me? And I think... And the, that's in Lord of the Rings, which I'm going to take mm-hmm. back what I said about trilogies. <laughs> I was going to say and that. <laughs> Well, because I was thinking, like, Tolkien's written other books, but then I looked at my bookshelf, and I was like, actually, that one's pretty good. So I'm just going to say, one wins. The, the recent trilogies that I have been reading have all been gross. However. I don't need to hear about that kind of thing. Like, that's what you keep to yourself, and you shouldn't do in the first place. Like, The Lord of the Rings. But, like, yeah. I, well, I was looking at Star Wars. And stuff, oh, sorry. Yeah, I like that one, too. But. Folks, there are good trilogies out there. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, I like the Thrawn one. And uh, Throne Ascendancy was good so far in Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Anyways, in Lord of the Rings, they talk about sharing the load. That's all I was going to say. And oh, then I yeah. looked up and I saw Star Wars and I got distracted. Well, and we had said we had said in a previous episode about Frodo and how, you know, it's my task, my own. And talking about how no one could do it for Frodo. But Samwise, however, Faith, do you want to talk about what he said? <laughs> Well, he said, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Mm-hmm. Which, side note, Tolkien said that Frodo was not, in fact, the hero of the story, but he thought Sam to be. Oh, I would agree. It's like Hermione, honestly. Like What did that in book one? I, <laughs> I, I, they wouldn't right. have made it through book one. So, Harry was the chosen one, mm-hmm. but without Hermione... <laughs> I mean, there's that happens all the time, but, but I feel like... I was yeah. Keeper of the Lost Cities, too. It's Sophie... She is the moonlock. Everything falls on her, but she she can't do it all by herself. So she has this great team of friends yeah. who help her through it. And I, I connect so much to her because 
all the time she's like trying to shut people out because she doesn't want to like burden them with her problems but then they help her and everything like there's usually sparkles in the end so that's cool so all that to say is, yeah, we, even the hero of the story, there's always someone helping. There's always somebody else. There's, you know, we just watched the World Cup. Some of those goals are because there were assists. There were people that set it up so that the striker could get the goal. Um, or if you think Fantastic Beasts, it's Dumbledore was the only one who was able to match Grindelwald. Mm. But he wasn't able to, so he had to have Newt come and help him. And then Newt couldn't do it by himself, so he had other people come and help him. I, I don't I don't think I can think of a single book series where it's the main character alone who has to do something. Percy Jackson, he has Annabeth with him all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he's got Grover, and he's got all these... As the series goes on, he meets other demigods who help him. Mm-hmm. But he can't do it alone. Like, he thought... The prophecy was all about him, but it was actually him, Luke, and Annabeth. Yeah. So, so kind of take a look at your surroundings, your community, your friends, and kind of see where, where are you at and, and check in on not just, you know, if you're taking this for yourself, but also think about this as reaching out to another friend who may not be ready or may not know the importance of it or they're scared and kind of just being there for that friend and saying hey just wanted to see how you're doing oh I'm fine cool but like you know figure out ways to to go deeper with that because that's what's so enriching about our lives is doing it with other people but doing it to a depth I used to I used to have this friend and we used to joke all the time and used to call her the all-seeing the all-knowing because she Mm. really was she wouldn't even be there, and she wouldn't even talk to anyone else, and she would know all the details mm. just by guessing. It was terrifying. <laughs> she always knew everything. But I remember this one time, and she was like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. And she goes, no, you're not. And I was like, well, how, do mm. you, how did you know that? And she goes, because if you just say you're good and leave nothing else, it means you're really not. And that's not true for everybody. Some people who just don't go deeper in conversation. Yeah. But as a whole, I found... Yeah, if you're really good, you're probably going to go into, Yeah, yeah. I'm good, this just happened. I'm good. You know what? I woke up and it was a really great day. Yep. I got hot chocolate today, which... It's a good day. Best drink ever. (laughs) But I think you're right. I think that, you know, we don't even realize that we're shutting it down too because we're in such a habit of it. But I think, you know, we talk about being our true selves and really tapping into the uniqueness that we are in living fully, it's it takes time to to rewire your brain in order to go deeper um, because we have to kind of retrain our thought process. But I think that when we do that, we invite other people to also be real and authentic and deep. And I think that's just such a longing of our hearts that it'll just ripple effect to other people just being real and I think that's something that we we need and I know I've struggled in the past with this but like texting but by routine mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed that I, I used to do that all the time what does that mean can you tell but me? like okay so when I had COVID like my friend and I would text like all the time because I, I don't know where she found the time but she did <laughs> and so I just I realized I started getting into a routine of saying the exact same thing the same way roughly about the same time yeah Okay. And then it was like a 
she wouldn't do that. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't have to because in previous friendships, it's been a very routine, like you say the same things. Yeah. You just go through the motions. And I feel like for me, that would be not necessarily a red flag, but like a, a flag of, hey, step back. Do you mean what you're saying? Can you go deeper on this? Can you switch it up? And not just switching it up to switch it up, but like, I don't, I don't know. But like, just- I think it can be scary to be the friend that does that. I think it can be, you know, what if they really don't want to go deeper? You know, what if you're shut down? And that's, but again, when you burn the ships and you move forward and, and, and if you're constantly practicing letting go of the past, then you can continue to press in and be there for people. And you'll know what, you know, at what depth people can handle because maybe they're just not on that part of their journey yet. But Or you're not at that point of the relationship. Right. Like you can't just... Yeah. For me, it's like I met these amazing people at a conference, but I don't know them well enough to go into deep conversation with them yet. I would love to because they're so wonderful and I already feel like I know them. But things need to develop. Yeah, and I you think can't that's just, important. You can't rush a relationship. Well, it's like if you're learning to swim, you can't just jump into 12 feet and hope yeah. you'll swim. I mean, I think that's how ducks do it. But, like, yeah, you're not, not a duck. <laughs> and if you are, you know what? I can Power to you. you. <laughs> but I think based on all of this, you know, I guess the last question I would have for you is how can you encourage someone who's walking through this right now? When you say cut the ties, light a match, leave the past, burn the ships, and don't look back. Um, oh, the the first part Cut the ties, send a flare into the night, say a prayer, turn the tide, dry your tears, and wave goodbye. So with your original intent for this essay and what inspired you about this song, how can you encourage the people listening that are going through this right now or they might know someone that's going through this? I guess remembering you're going to make it through it. I would say just knowing that things aren't going to last is okay Mm. knowing that some friendships aren't forever friendships even though you hope they will be or that the depth of the friendship isn't gonna just stay the same Mm. um I was really close to this one friend and now we're not as close we're still we're still good friends but we've each moved on a little bit more and that's okay and just I guess reminding yourself it's gonna be okay it is okay for what you're going through. They say that you need fantasy to survive. I would agree with <laughs> That's that. That's true for you. <laughs> I, I honestly could not read anything else. And so for me, just to be able to like connect things, be like, yeah, okay, I understand what what they're going through. And then just taking what you can and applying it to your own life is really helpful for me. Music, that's really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I so, just, I easily connect to things because of what I've gone through. And I think just reminding yourself, like, it's going to be okay, but you have to, you have to do the work yourself as well sometimes. You can't yeah. just expect things to get better. Um, I had, I had someone tell me to remember that every day you make it through is a victory in itself. Yeah. And she, she was telling me, like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but the fact that you made it through the day is huge. Well, I heard that if you're, so there's this thing and it's if you're reading this, which in this case, if you're listening to this, you've made it through every bad day that you've had. 
So if you're having a bad day or if you're going through the experience of needing to burn the ship and, and move on with something um, to better yourself, to, to better your growth journey, every difficult thing or every uncomfortable step you've ever taken, if you're here, then you've gotten through it and you've gotten, you've been able to accomplish that. So it's an encouragement to say, you know what? I've done hard things before and I've gotten through it. And so you can do it again. I remember I I had watched this, this pastor and he was talking about Psalm 35. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so good. Um, let me find it. I just say, so I think it was Psalm 31 through 35, um, was, which got me out of my last funk <laughs> and, you know, you helped and your aunt helped and obviously dad helped, I didn't but know she did that, but that's nice. But yeah. Um, but it's, it, it was, it had to be my decision to get out of that funk. You guys were speaking life and wisdom and I needed you guys in that moment because I couldn't be alone, but at the same time, I needed to make that decision. And so there was one day where I was like, oh my gosh, I forget. Sometimes when I'm in this funk, I need to just go to the Psalms. And those were the Psalms that I was like, wow, he knows exactly what I'm going through. <laughs> I, I, I love when that and it happens. Just, yeah, it just got me out because it's like, I'm not alone. Other people feel these things too. Yeah. Um, All right, go ahead. Oh, it just says that for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying, this is a promise. God does not lie. And so he said, the same God who got you out last time is going to get you out again. Yeah. And I think, I saw another quote and it was like, it's not a bad life, it's a bad day. Just reminding yourself like, hey, you know what? Today was not great. Does not mean mm-hmm. life is not great. Or what, Baba always says it's it's... It's not a bad day. You're just it's, having a bad or a bad thing happened. That yeah, day. it's not yeah. a bad day. A bad thing happened. Yeah, and I think it's for me. It's been I have to remind myself. You know what? Life's really hard right now. This year has been one of the hardest I can ever remember. Mm. And so I've just been like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna say this year. Like it feels like this year has been the night. And so next year, and I think you just have to like. I guess just speak over, like, next year's going to be really good. Tomorrow's going to be really good. Yeah. Without forgetting today. His mercies are new every morning, and so there's there's hope in that. There's hope because he says that. So you can say this, and for and when we talk about this year or next year, or we can talk about the night versus the morning, sometimes it's not literal, the <laughs> night in the morning. But you know there what, is, if it was... Yeah, I'd but, be a and sometimes it is, but, but just knowing that there is, um, a time where there's pain and there's suffering, but, but his mercies are new every morning. So there is morning, there's hope in the morning, there's joy in the morning and, and we can get through the night because he says there's something for us in the morning. So I don't remember where I was, but I was somewhere. Joy. Yes. Thank Joy you. in the morning. Yes, yes. Thank you. That's not where I was going, but thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, something about, oh, yeah, you said making it a choice. Oh. And so, I love for King Country, so I'm going to reference it all day long if I could. So, in one of theirs, uh, they say, it, the song's called Joy, and it, it's, oh, hear my prayer tonight. I'm singing to the sky. Give me strength to raise my voice. Let me testify. 
Oh, hear my prayer tonight, because this is do or die. The time has come to make a choice, and I choose joy. And then it goes on to talk about that's hard, it's really challenging, is in this, in joy, there's these two people, and they're at a news reporting desk and talking about this giant storm that's taking over and stuff. Bad thing. And the woman was just talking about it's the worst storm. It's the worst thing. It's awful. There's no hope. It's going to... Bad. And so... <laughs> and the other guy was just... He's just trying to be like, well, yeah, it's bad, but... but And she wouldn't let him. Mm. And that's when it starts. And he's talking about, like, getting it back. And it's just... It's hard. Everything's really hard. But you have to be the one to make the choice in every circumstance. Because... If you let other people's opinions and decisions and emotions influence you, mm. you're not going to be what God called you to be. Because in this, if had he gone along with whatever the woman was saying, and there's a, there's a couple watching it, like they that would have affected them. Mm-hmm. But instead, he goes on. He talks about joy and how it's a choice, and you have to make it every single day, and no one else can make it for you. And by the end. It, like, he gets other people involved, and they're all singing about joy and dancing, and mm. this one big party, she tries to crash it. No. And then she gets, oh, well, yeah, she crashes the TV. <laughs> she was very upset about it, because it wasn't what she wanted. It was not how she felt. Uh, yeah. And so, eventually, she ended up dancing along with them. Wow. Which then affected the couple watching, who decided to dance with them. Yeah. And so, it just... Your joy, your hope, your light affects everyone around you, whether you think it or not. It, yeah, it impacts the atmosphere. And there's a lot of the times where you have to remind yourself that you do not have to submit to the atmosphere you're in. You can shift the atmosphere and, and for good. And really to open up that, you know, change the atmosphere and open it up for what we were actually created to be and and how we were meant to live. And you don't think you, like, you don't need permission to do that. Mm-hmm. No one told you you need permission to be, I don't want to say happy because, but like, joyful. Yeah. And no it, one, no one gets to tell you how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. No one gets to tell you how you should be feeling. And no one gets to tell you, you can't be joyful. Well, and if they do, that's not good. <laughs> That's a Give him a candy cane. <laughs> I know I often say, well, that person just needs a hug. <laughs> and I say they often need a good thing of hot chocolate. Yeah, or some form of candy or sugar. But Well, that's because it's less. Because you love sugar. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, as, as we kind of wrap this up, you know, just basically going over the fact that we were created to live a certain way and for a reason. And, you know, Jesus came to give us life and to give it, abundantly and I think we really miss the mark when we just let our atmospheres or our past or all the things that we are unfortunately comfortable in that we shouldn't be when that dictates who we are then we're not living out who we're meant to be and then and then all the people that miss out on why you were originally here to begin with and do yourself a favor by being yourself but also for everybody else that benefits from that this is your opportunity to do the quote unquote simple thing of grab the match and, and really light up that ship and leave it in the past. This is a fresh start. And I know often, you know, you end the year and you're focusing on the new one and, and this is just such a good time to 
to take that step and you can do it. And I just want to, and I'm sure Faith, you're with me on this, is just to encourage everyone out there that you're just so much better off who you were meant to be. You have something else to say. I can see that. Oh, <laughs> yes, I do. So back to Star Wars. Oh boy. <laughs> the Jedi are mm. supposed to live in the present, remember the past, and respect the future. Re- think about the future. But they're not supposed to live in either. Can you say that one more time? For everyone, just what the Jedi... The Jedi, yeah. they're one... Well, no, actually, not all of them are. I don't like all of them. But, <laughs> but the, the same. Jedi as a whole, yep. part of the Jedi code is do not live in the past, but don't forget it. Live in the present, but think of the future. Every, but you have to stay in the present. Yes. Future's gonna come. Yep. The past has already been there. You can't go back to either of them. Unless you can time travel... I haven't been able You've to do that You've seen that yet. in Harry Potter. It does not work out, except in the third one. Which, which works out really well. But it, That part does. <laughs> Read the Cursed Child, you know it's a bad idea. It can go really wrong. It so, can. But I think you're, you've totally touched it on, you know, whatever the actual saying is, but thinking about the past. Um, and res- you can respect the past. You can honor that. But, and, you know, and the future... Accept the future, remember the past, yeah. but live in but the present. Be present and and be grateful for the present. Even if the present is hard, I Faith just experienced me going through a really difficult present moment. You have to throw stuffed animal ducks at her yeah, and then make it's her true. recite five positive things and she does not like I it. I did not want to do it. I did not no, want to didn't. It I, was kinda funny. I, because I was like, Come on. I know and I've I'm done here. it to you. Oh, I hate when you do it to me. I know you do. But when I was, you're <laughs> But you're like, nope, can't do it. And I was like, you're literally looking at one. So I know. And and she's right. And but I think that's the thing, guys. If you get stuck in the pit, and that's what we call it, you know, you get stuck in that pit and you don't want to come out because even though you hate it, it's smelly. That's where you are. But thank goodness for people like Faith that were like, name five things, mom. And oh, I hate so I'm the type of person hate when any of this is done to me. No, said to but me. You're so good I at doing it, it to me. <laughs> But it works. But I, I don't mind doing it to other people because I know it's right and I know it's true. Mm-hmm. I just... Anyway, I'm, I appreciated that because I was able to. And there was more than five things. It's oh, hard. Yeah. It's hard to admit when you're down in the dumps. But you know that they're there. So cling to that that is good. Keep your eyes on the prize. Giant um, cup of hot chocolate. Yes. So while we, ne- we know what we need to do... We need to actually take that step and do it. And so Faith and I are here to encourage you to take that step. Gosh, I keep she, <laughs> I keep triggering stuff. What's up? I'm looking at a bookshelf. You can't help. What came up? Oh, no, just okay. Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts series and Crimes of Grindelwald. Dumbledore talks to Newt. And he says, do you know what I really admire about you? You do not seek power. You do not mm-hmm. seek fame. You do not seek money. But instead, you do what you know is right, no matter what. And he had just gotten his international travel license banned, whatever that was. And he wasn't allowed to leave the country. And he ends up doing it illegally to go save people. I have no idea how the ministry didn't find out. But he did it anyways. Yeah. And he might have not had the, the same reason of starting out the way Dumbledore wanted him to. But in the end, he did it anyways. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a reminder for us to store up treasures in heaven, not earthly things, where 
rust and moths destroy. Not those moths. Let's let's keep focused as we end this year and start the new year that we focus on things that are truly important, things that are eternal, and things that maybe even only God sees, but there is reason and purpose behind that. Faith, Ezrella, as our candy canes get real tiny now. They do. I don't. <laughs> um, it is time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your insight, for your wisdom. Thank you for joining me and sharing your knowledge, um, especially all your book knowledge. Um, Gotta be a professor on something. <laughs> it has been an honor to read your essays and get to get that insight from you. And Wait for the next one. I'm excited. Oh, I'm, she's really working on it. Um, I'm so excited. You are such a joy and I absolutely adore you. And I love spending time with you. So thank you for not only sharing that time with me, but sharing it with the listeners as well. Friends, I hope you have a wonderful close to your year and that you are encouraged to end it well. I pray that you will continue to embrace your uniqueness and start your new year with hope and wonder. And what else, Faith? A good book and hot chocolate. Amen. And French toast. French toast never hurt anyone, right? Well, that's not true. That (laughs) That is very true. It's never hurt anybody. (laughs) All right, friends. We will see you on the next episode. Till then, we are over on Instagram. I am at Linda A. Coleman, and you'll find both of us over there. Sending you... you, Yeah, you will, because I typically tag you over there. Oh, okay. Oh, have a great rest of your week, friends. Sending you much love. Bye.